Welcome to the cold email club. <laughs> Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at TechSpeed, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hi, Workwives. This is Chloe from Fort Worth. I got a cold email from the software company. Um, it sounds like it might be useful to our company, um, maybe my team. So now I have like this meeting with this person who emailed me about this software next week. And I'm just like wondering, now that I've scheduled it, like, am I the right person for this? Can I do this? Should I have done this? Did I fuck up? Welcome to the world of working with vendors. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun and annoying and irritating and like confusing and great all at the same time. But the good, yeah, but the good news is <laughs> you have all the power in the situation. Yes. It's going to be okay. You didn't fuck up. Workwife is a brand new podcast. As a new podcast, it needs some help. So we want you to send it to your workwife. Send it to someone who needs a workwife. Send it to that one person who like always gets left behind in those sad, sad meetings. Send it to a girl you know who deserves better. Send it to your boss you hate. Maybe they'll quit. Send it to your favorite colleague at the last company you work with. Send it to that person who you left behind. Send it to any of your LinkedIn connections who have the hashtag open to work on their profile picture. Yeah, and tell them why that's a bad idea. Send it to any of the 12 million people in this country who are looking for a new job right now. And after you've sent it to all those people, every single one of them, rate, review, subscribe. To ground us, Chloe, what we're talking about working with vendors is all about the relationships that you're developing in corporate America. And we put this firmly in move to territory and our three moves framework, which we talked about in episode 67. Mm -hmm. So in that relationship to others, it's, it's worth pointing out like your relationship to others within move to up until this point, we focused on it being internal, but it exists with external partners as well. We call these vendors generally. They're people that are doing things for you. They might be third party software providers. They might be, a packager, they might be a provider of some like hard good. They might mm -hmm. be your office supply lady. I, I don't know. There's just anybody who doesn't work for you that's providing a good or service for you that you pay to do that, mm -hmm. which is key. We'll come in in a minute. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's a vendor. Right. Which leads us to the number, if you take nothing else away from this episode, the number one thing we want you to remember about vendors is that they work for you. Mm -hmm. Because <laughs> you have the money. <laughs> yes, exactly. And which means that like, I mean, treat them nicely and like human beings, but they are not your number one priority. They're not the business priority. Mm -hmm. Their their number one goal is to find any chink in the armor, to find any little niche that they can crawl into and find someone to talk to with an organization, <laughs> right? So, and like, 
sucks to suck, but it's you right now. Yeah. Chloe, like, I don't know what your title is, but like, they were like, I'm going to cold call this one. She looks new. <laughs> so, so yeah, they, their job is like get time on your calendar and just talk to someone. It's, it's like a, it's like a, they're praying that you are at least the right person or that you're naive enough to connect them with the oh, right person. It's, I've been here, Chloe. It's so, I, I feel bad when I ignore the email, Yes, let alone uh-huh. like take the call. It's just, it's just awful. I had to remind her once I said, Holland, they work for you. She's uh, like, oh, we're putting this to next month. I was like, there you go. hundred <laughs> percent. Something else to remember, Chloe, in this situation um, where this vendors reach out to you and you're now about to take this call is like, just because they reached out to you doesn't mean you owe them anything. It doesn't mean you have to contract with them. And it doesn't mean that there isn't something better that would solve the problem they might solve for you in a better way for you. The only thing it says is they are more aggressive. <laughs> they found <laughs> they your first. first. Yeah. <laughs> just because you're the first on the scene doesn't mean the best. <laughs> so, so no obligation. You owe them nothing. Chloe, now that you understand that they work for you and you hold the power in the situation because mm-hmm. you're the one paying them, at least you would be, we want to talk to you about how to deal with vendors in various circumstances. Right. So the first one is during the sales process. This is for you. That's where you are right now. <laughs> and the number one thing you need to understand here is your role and your realm of responsibility. So what can you promise? What can you agree to here? Yeah, there's limits here. I tend to take a very conservative, very, very cautious approach to this, which is, listen, even if I am, and I found myself in this position a few times, even if I am the decision maker in this area, because I I have been where I'm, I am the director of social media. Therefore I have the power to onboard social media platforms, et cetera, et cetera, like scheduling, listening, whatever the things are. Even if I am that person, I tend to short sell myself to them because I don't want to give away that I am that person. It protects you from their advances. (laughs) So it can be very aggressive. (laughs) So it gives me, it gives me an out. So I I start my conversations like this. Well, you know, I'm here just to learn. I'm here to research. I'm here to see what the features and benefits could possibly be so that we can make a better, we can make a better informed decision in the future. Yeah. So give me your pitch. Tell me what you got. (laughs) And the line could be like, Oh, I'm going to need to talk to my manager about this. Yeah. Uh huh. Even better, like pick a title that's way above you. Well, I'm going to need to talk to Tom about this. Oh, I love that. Right. And Tom's our CFO. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, they'll figure out who Tom is. Right. But they could never reach out to him. Right. So like. They'll it, have to go through you. Yeah. Yeah. And they suddenly understand that you are the one they need to convince. It's fantastic. Like, I love playing this game. Maybe that's the takeaway from me. It might not be the ask your regret takeaway, but for me, it's like, this should be fun. This is a game. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> Entertainment for days. <laughs> yeah. And even if your manager or Tom, this fictional CEO is not the decision maker, like figure out who is the decision maker. Mm-hmm. What you're not going to do is pass that person onto them. Like what you found yourself in is a business to business buying committee. Mm-hmm. And the buying committee is structured like this. You usually have a runner that does all the research and then you have a, a middle person who's usually the user. This is the person who's going to be in this day mm. in day out. And they, ha- they have specific things they want to know about the platform. Like, but, but that's way down the line in terms of like the relationship with this vendor. And then you have a check signer. They only need to know, is this going to like, is it going to get ROI? Is it going to add to our bottom line? Or is it going to be a cost? I have to like explain at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's like a bit of a threshold for them. Like if it's under a hundred dollars a month, I don't care. Right. If it starts to cost me $500 a month, I need a business case for this. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you're not going to give away Tom's number. What you are going to do is like understand that you're in a B2B buying situation right now, which is different than probably anything else you've ever been in. And your job is research. As you're researching, gathering information from this vendor, it behooves you to assess its usefulness, not only to you and your team, but also to parts of the org that might be outside of yours. So if you get to the point where like, 
you know, you, you've, you've attended the demo session. You've got through the first like song and dance with the sales team and you think this might be interesting to you. It's going to make your job easier, right? Mm -hmm. The next thing you're going to want to do is start thinking about like, how might this apply to other departments? And if you don't know that information, this is something you can get from your manager. Right. Maybe bring your manager in and let them know you're taking this call and they can help with this. Like your manager is going to know more cross-functionally, maybe have a bit of higher visibility than you do into like, oh, in fact, this platform does X, Y, Z thing for X, Y, Z departments. Mm-hmm. We're only going to use the X, but the Y and Z could be useful. Yeah. Which means that you could negotiate yourself a better deal with this vendor. Yeah, absolutely. The three departments, those three departments can now come together and like share appro- the line item, approach Tom and say like, hi, this is now very useful for us. There's a bigger ROI because three departments will be using it for $100 a month rather than one department using it for $100 a month. The next way you could relate to a vendor is maybe you get to the sales process and you've decided it's not useful for you. Remember. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, Holland? They work for you. So if you don't want to take their call, you don't have to. Obviously, again, be kind, be cool. Um, if you don't want to talk to them now, but you maybe want to talk to them later, something you have told me that you've done has been like, you know, this is too soon for us. Mm-hmm. Check in with us in six months, in three months, in nine months. They will follow the fuck up with you. Uh-huh. Because guess what? They want money from me. And I'm you're now a warm lead. Yes. <laughs> instead of a cold one. Yeah. And like, I found this particularly useful in an agency situation because like for an agency, I'm going to make a client pay for that. So it's useful for me to like have done the research on specific platforms because clients will come to us asking for expert opinion and it behooves me to have an opinion on something. Right. But they're not ready to pay for it yet. So I'm not ready to buy it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, but I need to make sure that that vendor stays like in my awareness so that when it comes time for that client to say like, Okay, I'm ready to do this thing. I'm like, great. I have the tech stack for you. You know, sign on the dotted line and I'll go set all this up for you. Mm-hmm. That like, we're ready to run. I have a continuing relationship with David from GWI. Right. Who is a real vendor. <laughs> who's like <laughs> following up with me quarterly. He's a great guy. I'm going to send him this episode actually. I love it. If you determine through your research that this is not a good fit for you now or in the future, it's really a mismatch. Our rule of thumb is clarity is kindness. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the time. This isn't a good fit. Here's a couple of reasons why. Don't want to waste your time. And that can be it. If you think that this might, this vendor's service product might be a good fit for someone else in your org, you can check with them. Or someone outside your org. Yeah. I've sent you vendors before. Oh yeah, you super have. Um, feel free to refer that person, you know, make sure that they're okay with having a vendor banging down their door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Give them a heads up. <laughs> check with them first. But but like that, that that's nice too. Is like, you know, we can't use this, but I can tell you that my colleague so-and-so over and so and whatever might might find this more interesting well yeah and like a really good vendor is going to take a clear no signal from you as as a sign to stop harassing you it's like if after that you keep receiving emails you keep receiving calls you keep receiving ever that's a spammer and you should have gone into business with them in the first place so clarity's kindness works for everybody it works for you to say like i've drawn the line this is a no if you keep coming after me i will now blacklist you and we will never use your service no matter how cool it was Chloe, let's say you've done your research. They're a good fit. You're moving forward. Now it's time to negotiate a contract. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not the one paying, even if you're not the ultimate decision maker, it behooves you (laughs) to know exactly what's in that contract. Mm -hmm. You're going to be the point of contact for this person, for this vendor, for this company to company relationship for the rest of its lifetime. One of the most important parts of the contract to understand is how they're going to get paid. Even if you're not in charge of it, we want to make sure that you can answer any questions that they may have because if that payment fails, if there's a delay, if there's something funky about it, 
they're going to come ask you and you need to have answers. That's the responsible and professional thing to do. Yeah. And like, we're going to use Tom, our CFO. We love Tom. We do love Tom. Within Tom's organization, there is someone set up to manage that contract. So when you have questions, you're not going to Tom necessarily. You're going to whoever on Tom's team is in charge of that vendor relationship and making sure that person gets paid. Right. So that when your vendor comes to you and says, hey, I I haven't seen a payment. Like I invoiced you guys 60 days ago and I haven't seen a payment yet. You can go to Bob (laughs) over in accounts payable and be like, the fuck, Bob? Turns out (laughs) Bob's been on vacation for two months. Ah, noted. Yes. Let's get Sony on the case. Exactly. So be friends with Bob. <laughs> be friends with Bob. <laughs> and Sonia. <laughs> right? And Tom. <laughs> and like what that does is it maintains your your relationship with your vendor because they're typically smaller companies who are doing a very specific task and they're typically a little cat like a little cash strapped. And so if you want them to continue providing excellent service for you, you want to make sure they're getting paid on time. This is just like just like any other service related relationship that you have across your life. <laughs> right? Like paid consistently, paid on time. Once that contract is inked and everyone's getting paid in the right way, (laughs) then you're just midstream with this relationship with this vendor. First and foremost, make sure you use them. Like your company has now paid a bunch of money for a certain amount of services. I don't know if there's a quota or if you get so many iterations of the thing, whatever the thing is, make sure you use it. Make sure you implement it. The worst thing that can happen is like in a year, Tom is doing an audit of what are the expenses for your department? And it comes across as like, oh, we're paying $300 a month for this service. What did we do with it? Mm-hmm. And your manager has to say, oh, I don't we haven't know. done anything yeah. with it, right? It doesn't make anyone look good. Something I've seen that's been really interesting um, in a business's relationship with vendors is that it makes the most sense to use as much of what they will give you until they say no. Keep asking. If they keep saying yes, that's on them. Mm-hmm. 100%. That way you're getting, you're getting more service for a deal, actually. Yeah, like that's awesome. You can say to Tom, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a lot from them. Well, and, and like the thing that I've been aware of on Teams is like not everyone. So maybe Chloe, you were the one to set up this relationship, but let's say you get promoted. Congratulations. You're no longer the main point of contact for this vendor. Someone new has come in. They don't understand all of the services that were in the contract because they didn't start the contract. So they don't know all the ins and outs of it. And so they've started doing things that we're actually paying the vendor to do. Right. Right. And so now you're either duplicating work or you're like this new person behind you. Chloe has like, is doing things that we're now, your company is now in a position where it's paying two people to do one person's job. Mm -hmm. And that's not ideal. Right. (laughs) So either let the vendor go or put this new person on something that's useful within the company and like managing the vendor becomes like this 10% of their job over here on the side. Right. Right. The other cool thing about just taking as much as your vendor will give you is that your vendor has a very unique point of view Yeah. on your business, your product, your service, whatever it is that you're selling because of a couple of reasons. One, they're outside of your org. Mm-hmm. So they're not dealing with like the internalities and the traditions and God, like the red whatever. tape and yeah. the, God, geez, uh-huh. yeah. the bureaucracy. Because they're outside, they can give you a fresh perspective and they can also give you a fresh perspective because they're working with other companies like yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they can say, ah, in the industry or in this category, we're seeing some of this happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should consider that. Yeah. And what I love about it is like they can also innovate faster. Yeah. So I like I use them to just get us leapfrogging ahead, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, I'm I'm over here in my lane doing my thing in a massive organization that has this set of traditions and bureaucracies and red tape and whatever, whatever. I'm gonna bring in as many vendors as possible so that I can just like, hey, this little thing that like maybe we're thinking about doing, but I I need I need an excuse to like bypass my systems. 
I'm going to ship to a vendor, let them do it. They will innovate faster because they have all the industry insights. They know exactly what's come out the door. Like they have to stay on the cutting edge of whatever the thing is we're doing. They can take this thing and develop it faster than we could internally. And then I bring that thing back in and say, Hey guys, see what our vendor's doing for us. Let me use that as a way to bring the entire organization up. Fascinating. Right? Uh, it's cool. So like use them as your kind of like innovator incubators kind of thing. Like if you've got a, if you've got like a side project or a test pilot or something like that, I use vendors to just like develop it. So it comes back in as a fully yes, baked thought rather than like this idea I have to pitch and I need to prove a concept and I need you know, all of that shit. Right. Absolutely. Similarly, they can build 80% of it for you yeah. and you can take it that last 20 that will really take it over the edge yes. rather than spinning your wheels on that 80%, like having to build a work stream to create that 80% mm-hmm. just so you can like innovate on the last 20 and, or apply it specifically to your business case. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. I love when we're able to say, Hey, can you go build this for us? Adhere to all the best practices, do everything that we should. Mm-hmm bring it back to us and we'll take it over the finish line. Yeah. In fact, we like in my current job, I'm in an agency. So we are one of these third party vendors <laughs> for a lot of our clients. Right. And we're doing that right now. Like we had a client come to us and says, I have a team of 15 marketers. They're good people, but they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so I need you to set up an infrastructure for my advertise. They have a f- highly complex business. So I need you to set up an infrastructure for all my advertising. And then I need you to train them on how to do that. And at the end, the ideal relationship is that you are simply our video production partner. Ah, uh. Not our marketing partner because I have a team to do that. Right. But all your video feeds into the system that you built and we run it. Like Fascinating. Psh, say less. Right, right, right. It's that 80-20 relationship, right? I love it. Now, all that being said, congratulations. You've got a great vendor relationship. Yay. <laughs> and it started with a, oh no, did I fuck this up? <laughs> um, when you leave the company, that's not an if, that's a when. Be very careful about your vendor relationships. We have talked about this briefly in episode 76, when to take your non-compete seriously. We've also talked about this in episode 55, like how to handle your vendor relationships when you quit, like how to communicate with them that you're leaving and how to backfill that, et cetera, et cetera. But just make sure that you're not putting them in a position where like if you leave your company and you go to another company and you want to use them, that that doesn't set up a competition scenario for them. You may have to go with the second best kind of thing Mm -hmm. because your new company is a direct competitor and they have some non-compete clauses within their own organization. So just be, just be aware of that. That language is usually in the contract. So maybe one of the things you might do before you leave your company is go revisit that contract. (laughs) Make sure you know what it says before you yeet yourself out of it. Obviously keep all those email addresses and bring them to your new company and then reach out to them from your new business email and say like, Hey, I've changed companies. I've seen the same kind of need over my new company that I saw at my old company. I'd like to see if you guys can help us fill that. Are you interested in working with us? Is it possible to work with us? They will know better than you if they can or not. If they can't, they may have some suggestions for you or in your research, you've, you've got you know your top five list of vendors. You may have to go for the second one and just see how it goes from there. Chloe, this is a big deal for you, honestly. If this yeah. is your first vendor call, it's, it's like, it's just like welcome to the cold email club. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun to ignore. It's so fun to be like, how many times are you going to email me? It's fine. Well, and like now you have something to talk about at cocktail parties because <laughs> all it takes is like when you enter, a, if you're going to a party by yourself, I saw this on TikTok the other day. If you're going to a party by yourself, all you need is a bit about something. It can be about your outfit. It can be about the weather. It can be about vendors. Everyone in corporate America deals with vendors. Yeah. And the best thing you can do when you walk into a room and you don't know what to say, just like, oh man, I just got a vendor call and just watch the eye roll. <laughs> and, then like, and then let them talk about their terrible experience with vendors. Well, welcome to the club. You're in. <laughs> question for Ask Your Workwife? Record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com. 
include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, workwives. I've been to one of those parties, can confirm they were hot. I have pictures of you mm-hmm. in Justin Allman's apartment. <laughs> it was his apartment? Over the pool. Yeah. At Riv. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to redact some of this for the blooper. <laughs> that, was, that was the apartment from when someone jumped off the patio and into the pool. <sighs> Holy shit. And we were all sober. This is what I, I don't understand. <laughs> like...